This is the Edify Podcast for the Servant. Hey, we're not too far out from the Rooted Retreat, October 28th and 29th. Myself, the Jenkins Institute, uh, Ministry League, and the Light Network all coming together uh, to give you a sermon planning a retreat, a mental health retreat, uh, just a 24-hour period is all we're asking for. We're going to give you a lot of tools, a lot of resources for you to take back home to implement in your life. We're going to be very uh, open discourse, open forum. It's not going to be a lectureship style. Come and hear a bunch of preaching about things that you need to know about. Not not that kind of thing. Hope to see you there. P.S. Registration is about 40% full, and so uh, we're going to cut the registration off on the Friday. Uh, of the retreat so you might want to get on over there we've got almost uh maybe a little bit more than a month until the retreat and uh, hoping to see you all there uh your registration fee includes your lodging and your meals for the whole time so you never have to leave the venue gonna be a great time beautiful venue uh, it's actually a lodge a retreat gonna house everybody so like i said october 28th 29th register come on be encouraged uh, you need a respite. You need some. You need some relief, and we want to give it to you. Hope to see you there. What should it mean when we stand as the body of people in this world? Um, when we say that we believe in God, last week we talked about how that to say that we believe in God and have faith in God is to say that we are believing into Him, and we have a statement of trust with that, and a statement of action with that. Are we at the point in, in life where we are just allying ourselves with Jews because they believe in God? Or what about Muslims or, or Hindus or anyone else that, that is against atheism? Uh, are we just putting ourselves in the same bucket as folks who are saying that there is a there is some God as distinct from no God? See, that's not what we're doing. You know that and I know that, but we're, we're talking about the basics here and growing in Christ. We are professing faith in in the God of the Bible, the Christian God, uh, the sovereign creator, whose um, Christian name, as Karl Barth would put it, is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If this is not the God in whom we believe, we have no business saying that we believe in him. Let's talk about idols for a moment. we got to be clear. Today's idea... Uh, is is that the great divide is between those who say, I believe in God in some sense, and those who cannot say it in any sense. Atheism is seen as an enemy. Paganism is not. Uh, it is assumed the difference between one faith and another faith is really just quite secondary. Um, but in the Bible, the Holy Scripture, what the Holy Spirit has left for us to have, the great divide is between those who believe the Christian God and those who don't i.e. serve idols, quote, little g-gods, that is, whose images, whether it's metal, whether it's mental, they do not square with the self-disclosure of the creator of all. Somebody may recite, hey, I believe in God. They may use those words uh, in the world, during the week, at church on Sunday, as whatever. Um, but what they actually mean is, I do not believe in God, not this God anyhow. So the the Bible tells us, when we're, when we're talking about his name, the Bible tells us that God has revealed himself, establishing his identity, so to speak, by telling us his name. This name appears in three connections. God gives us first his proper name, Jehovah, or Yahweh, as, as modern scholars would prefer 
um, to Moses at the burning bush, Exodus 3.13, uh, chapter 6 and verse 3. This name means I am who I am, or literally speaking, I think the RSV has it, I will be what I will be. So it declares God's almighty-ness, if you will. He cannot be hindered from being what he is and doing what he wills. Um, well, well, did the translators render this name as the capital L-O-R-D, the Lord? Um, it, it's, it, there's an emphasis when, when, when we're speaking of God the Father, the Almighty. So his proper name, Yehovah, Jehovah, Yahweh. Second, God um, proclaimed the name of the Lord to Moses uh, by, uh, let's use a big word, delineating um, his moral character. Um, he said it this way, uh, to describe his, his name and describe his nature, moral character, he said, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity. But he says, who will in no way, in no means, clear the guilty, Exodus 34, 5 through 7. This name, as you would call it, is really a revealed description. It, dis it discloses both God's nature and his role, and that's kind of huge. It's a declaration whose, whose echoes um, reverberate, reverberate, I mean, the, the, the reverb throughout the whole Bible. Uh, gracious Exodus 20, Numbers 14, Second Chronicles 30, Nehemiah 1, so many, even in the New Testament, um, Romans chapter 2, 2 through 6, all, all God acts with Scripture confirms uh, and illustrates this truth. Everything that he has ever done tells us this. It's noteworthy that when John focuses the two sides of God's character by saying that he is both light and love, First uh, John 1, 5 and chapter 4 and verse 8, he's not love without righteousness and purity, um, nor nor is he without kindness and compassion. Uh, but he's holy and, and holy love and loving holiness. Each quality is, is realistically to the highest degree, and he offers each statement um, as summarizing what we learn from Jesus about God. So he has a name, and he has a, a description of his name and what that name actually means. Let's talk about the three-in-one nature. Let's talk about that thing. How in the world is he three-in-one? Um, somebody once told me an analogy. They said, it's about like an egg. <clears throat> if you look at the egg, how many parts are to the egg? Well, there's three parts to the egg. There's the shell, the white, the yolk. At what, what point um, does something not become an egg? Well, it's all the egg. All three parts are the egg. They make up the egg. So let's talk about this. this the Son of God told his disciples to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, name not names. So the three persons together constitute the one God, and and that would also say that that it all is a staple of authority. Jesus said, I, "I didn't come to do my will; I come to do the will of the Father." When the Spirit comes, He will do the will of the Father. He's not going to say what he what he thinks. He's going to do God's will. So that all paints this portrait of togetherness and, and the authority picture. So you can say name, and, and it represents one wholesome character. So we face the most, I guess, maybe unfathomable truth of all the truth, uh, of what's often called the Trinity in religious circles, <clears throat> uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
what what should we make of that? So in itself, the divine triune, triunity, is a mystery. It's 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 a transcendent fact which passes our understanding in some way. In some way, uh, when you think about a marriage where the two become one, well, they're one unit, but they're actually two persons. It's kind of the same, but that's that's very elementary to describe it that way. The same is true for for such a, I guess, reality as God's eternity, His infinity, His His omniscience, uh, His providential control of our free actions. Um, indeed, all, all the truths about God exceed our comprehension. Um, I know we like to put God in a little box. It makes us feel safe. It makes us feel like that we're theologically sound. I'm not against that. Uh, per se, but when we worship the box that we have the Lord in rather than the God of the box and the theology, we get in trouble. How how in the world, um, how the one eternal God uh, is, is essentially both singular and plural, how Father, Son, and Spirit are personally distinct yet essentially one. Um, so that tritheism, believe in three gods, who are not one, uh, Unitarianism, belief in one God who is not three, both of those things are wrong. There are not three gods, and there is not this um, belief that God who is who is not three. There, there's more than we can know in, in any attempt to explain it, uh, to, to dispel the mystery by reasoning and, and uh, maybe as distinct from confessing it from Scripture, uh, is bound to falsify it. Here, I guess, as well as elsewhere, our God is too big for his creatures' little minds. I guess that's the only way I know how to put it. Let me take a swig of water, getting over some sickness. <clears throat> the historical foundation, um, the realistically, the foundational facts of the Christian faith. Um, a man who was God, praying to his father, and promising that he and his father would send another comforter to continue his divine ministry. Uh, equally, the universally uh, experienced facts of Christian devotion, worshiping God the Father uh, above you, knowing the fellowship of God the Son beside you, both through uh, the God uh, of God the Spirit within you, um, that, that, that's a big picture, but it points inescapably to God's essential three-in-oneness. So does the cooperative activity of the three in saying, uh, in, maybe in saving us, the Father plans, the Son procures, the Spirit applies the redemption. Uh, many scriptures um, are going are gonna to paint this picture. Um, Romans 8, 1 through 17, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, Second uh, Thessalonians two thirteen, First Peter one two. When the gospel of Christ is analyzed, the the truth of that triune, triunity, and Trinity uh, proved to be its foundation and framework. It, it was only through the work of grace, which centers on the incarnation, that the one God was seen to be plural. No wonder then, if if those who do not believe in the work of grace doubt the truth of the the. Tr- trinity as well but this is the god of the scripture is is this now the god whom we worship or have we too fallen victims to idolatry 
You say, well, Jake, well, I don't have a little creature that sits on my stand at home out of wood that I've worshipped. No, we're not talking about that. If we're not careful, we're going to um, specify um, and worship only one of that triune. We're going to leave the other two out of it. Some of us can be so focused on Jesus that we forget about both God and the Spirit. Some of us can be so focused on the Spirit that we forget about Jesus or we forget about God. Some of us can be so focused on one of those three in the Godhead, the Godhood, if you will. And and that's that becomes idolatrous. It becomes imbalanced or unbalanced. What I want us to do is to grow in Christ and to know that all three of these are together. All three of these are one. I mean, these are This is basic principles, but it's something for us to consider. In John chapter 1, 1 through 18, I, I would have you read that over and over this week. Uh, as you study more further, uh, as you look more into creation, when you look in Genesis, all three are there. God, uh, the Spirit hovered over the face of the deep, uh, and God said as the Logos, the, the Word of God, Jesus himself. All three are pictured in the creation. Uh, and John chapter 1 gives us a, another glimpse, a beautiful glimpse. So we need to be careful. We'll even set up a... a <coughs> excuse me, a, a, a theology that sways away from one person of the Godhead. Uh, if we're not careful within the church, we're so afraid of the, the wildfire of error that we settle for no fire for the truth. And we leave the Holy Spirit out of the conversation altogether. Shame on us that we do that. Um, maybe we're just unlearned. Maybe we're just so confused and we're so ignorant of what the Holy Spirit does and what, what he is capable to do and what we need of him, that we just leave him out of the conversation altogether. Uh, or we don't we don't thank Jesus with words from our mouth. We Even though Jesus is there in the presence and the throne room of God, and he's the mediator and intercessor of my prayers along with the Holy Spirit, I just you can just imagine Jesus standing there issuing the prayers to God the Father, but he's saying, now, Lord, I know he can't talk to me, um, and so he's asking you to tell me something because I'm not in this conversation. It becomes a little a little silly at some point uh, when we act that way, when we think about prayer. Um, and, and, you know, don't take off and think that Jake's a liberal nut. Um, probably the best, the best thought of this and thanking Jesus for things and, and worshiping Jesus for things and addressing God the Father and praying through the Holy Spirit as we're told in Jude and as we're told in Ephesians 6. Um, that's not some sort of miraculous, himi-jimi, go-pixie-dust thing. That's something of unity, something of worth, something of knowledge that the Holy Spirit gives us through his word. Um, I'm just saying that we're leaving people out of the equation and we're only focused on God the Father or we're only focused on the Holy Spirit or we're only focused on Jesus. Don't be that way. Be balanced. Take some time. Um, as we talked about last week, coming off of the mountain, um, thinking and processing things. What does it mean to actually to say that I believe in God? Well, I'm believing into God. Well, who is God? He's God the Father. He's God the Son. He's God the Spirit. I need to know what all three are doing for me and, and in me, through me, for my life, uh, so that I can stand in First Peter chapter 4, 10 and 11. I can give God the glory through all these things because he, he, he gets the glory. I need to know how he empowers me, how he strengthens me according to that verse, how he does those things. All three of the Godhead are there in my work, in my ministry. Uh, don't skip out. Don't be afraid of error. 
of what the world says. Don't be afraid of your brethren. Most of the time, we're not even afraid of the religious world, and we're not even afraid of the lost. We're afraid of how the brethren view us when we say things, or we believe things, or we step out and say, have you considered this? Because we're just afraid of the brethren. Well, don't be. Jesus wasn't afraid of the brethren. I shouldn't be either. Um, don't be worried about your name. Be worried about your Lord who gives you your name, which is Christian. Let me step off, step off the soapbox. I love you. I hope you're doing well. Hope your preaching is going well. I'm hoping that you're growing in Christ, that you're taking time for yourself. You're not just studying to preach. You're studying for yourself. Thank you for giving your time, your attention uh, this week to this thought that I believe into this God who is all three, and they are believing in me, and they are trusting me and equipping me and giving me strength. I need to recognize those things. So may God bless you in your growing in Christ in the Spirit, and in God. All three are vital and important. Pray that that's your consideration for this week.